0: All right, here we go again, Uh, episode 10, I've seen you, and taking it back home, Colorado, uh, to one of my first colleagues when I first moved to Colorado, going on six years, six plus years ago, Ryan Kraft. Ryan, how's it going, man? Uh, Thanks for reaching out to, to Connect.
1: Yeah, good, man. It's been great, you know, kind of down here in the Springs, seeing a different perspective of this whole crazy virus stuff, and, you know, wanted to reach out and, you know, talk to some old friends.
0: Yeah, it's super cool, and you, uh, you were originally from the Springs, uh, and then happened mm-hmm. to have moved up to Boulder not too long before I came up to to Colorado, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, and we crossed paths at uh, the old bike shop Boulder Cycle Sport there, uh, deep in the heart of Boulder. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think it was like, I was like six months into working there, and then I think you'd moved up from Texas and everything, and I would say we got along great, and uh, you know. Nice. To- Different perspective from a different state kind of coming from the road scene and being immersed in the The boulder bubble as they call it, which is super cool
0: Yeah, oh, yeah the boulder bubble and it's it's interesting you had to come in from the outside and the That shop was super unique and I think they just like had the market cornered on importing employees I remember we covered. You know, employees came in from all four corners of the country. Plus, I came out of central, you know, in in Texas. Uh, You came up from the Springs. It was just such a a unique, diverse mix there. Um, But kind of a fun welcome to the Boulder Bubble, as you
1: said. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it was a cool place to work. You know, that's. I think they're definitely still one of the best shops out there. And you know, they taught me a lot of the things I know about the bike industry and you know inner workings of it just from you know the short few years i've worked there
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a good, uh, you know, good finger on the pulse. You know, very involved in the cyclocross scene. It taught me what real cyclocross was, coming from Texas, and Mm -hmm. you know, beer and bacon hand ups, and it was a party. Um, You know, it it was that seasons over, let's let's have some fun and still pretend to race bikes kind of thing. Uh, I know Mm -hmm. it's gotten more serious in years, uh, more recent years, but that's what it was for me when uh, when I was still in Texas.
1: Yeah, way yeah, different. It's a lot more, a lot more serious when there's uh, actual cyclocross training programs and the whole rigmarole. And you know, the junior cycling team has a cross division, and you're like, well, okay, this is this is real life. You know, these guys take this stuff seriously.
0: Oh yeah, I, when you're, you know, your local, uh, you know, cyclocross facility at Valmont, you know, <laughs> this mix of cyclocross and mountain bike, uh, when, you know, when they're hosting annual UCI races. Uh, that's mm-hmm. pretty intense but super cool
1: yeah, yeah it's a cool place to live but glad, glad for the experience I'd like to actually live there one day again when the stars align yeah
0: and I mean that's uh, certainly not becoming an easier proposition here in Boulder County uh, it's it is the place everyone wants to be
1: mm-hmm.
0: at least uh, for a little while I suppose but you also you, you helped take me uh, show me some of the road trails around here a bit and we were talking uh, the, the Springs just has the better mountain biking. It's such mm-hmm. an interesting dichotomy between the areas because coming from Texas, Boulder is so known. It's that cycling mecca. It's that place to go. You went to Boulder, but mm-hmm. like there's good roads to ride and there's great gravel, but then the mountain biking is yeah, not not as stellar as it may seem.
1: No, no. And it's like I said, I think it's good. It's just not diverse enough or big enough as far as where where you can go and ride and, you know, the amount of trails you can legally ride on where, you know, here in the Springs, we're a little bit closer to, you know, the bigger foothills and, you know, Pikes Peak and all that stuff. So we have a lot bigger mountains to ride on that are close, but, you know, the amount of trails we also have that are just literally right in town from, you know, places like Palmer Park or like Ute Valley and Red Rock Canyon to where, you know, I can head out of my driveway and, at a killer you know double black diamond trail in eight minutes and that's really like anywhere in town for the most part if you live like centrally so it's just I guess that was one of the things that I kind of noticed when I first moved to Boulder is like oh wait I gotta drive like 45 minutes through Boulder up the canyon and up Mm -hmm. over here to get to the trailhead and it, it was just weird because that's not something I was used to initially
0: yep yeah, getting used to a new, you know, just a new culture and how, you know, how the scene is. Uh, Boulder definitely has a bubble, and there's a lot of close-knit writing groups in Boulder, but you got to get mm-hmm. your way into them. you got to find them and become part of that uh, that group for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like an indoctrination when you're an outsider, which I guess that was a cool part about working at a such a stellar shop is it kind of opened a lot of those doors to where people didn't think you were, you know, some weirdo coming to ride or stuff like that where, you know, I guess a little more clout to enter those group rides. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. For the, uh, for the competitive cyclist, uh, you know, the, the Lycra racer, um, BCS was in the heart of it think you Mm -hmm. know they really were right there uh to stand on that bleeding edge of uh, the cool new bikes and you know being being out in the front and winning those titles but Mm uh it was yeah it was good it's uh it's what enabled me to come up to colorado i I came up and aligned to a whole bunch of interviews that i could and knocked out you know interviews on one trip and uh left with a job offer to be able to come back up and so i'm very appreciative of of the year i spent with bcs to to make the jump and to get mm-hmm. into the bubble so yeah
1: it's but, a hard bubble to break <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is it is but you've now you've gone back down to the springs so you kind of returned back home uh how's mm-hmm. how's that been uh, is it you know did you go back for the mountain biking or what took you back down south
1: i think I, a lot of it i think was the mountain biking um, my now wife was just kind of finished in college and you know it was one of those things where i moved up there and we lived together during like your last year of college kind of getting our feet under us and I got so much experience you know well living and riding and working in Boulder to where I was like oh I can kind of you know I can go back down to the springs make a little bit I guess easier life as far as you know cost of living and stuff like that and you know being from here it's kind of nice to come home you're near family and stuff like that and you know I was able to find a job in the automotive industry which has you know been good to me and it's one of those things it's it's a kind of a breath of fresh air to come back after leaving there i guess you didn't realize you know like what you missed especially with like the mountain biking and the different riding scene down here like until i left it which was at least it was nice to come back to after those few years
0: yeah, I can I can relate. Uh, there's been times that my wife and I, you know, both being from Texas, you know, we, we see the, the property rates and values down there. You know, we miss the family closeness at times. So, you know, we can relate to that. You know, you, you wanna go explore, you wanna live somewhere different, and have these experiences, but sometimes there's that comfort, uh, that solace in, uh, in the familiar. So mm-hmm. you got to you know, yeah. balance that in life, you know, to be comfortable and enjoy, but still push yourself and, and explore and see mm-hmm. places. Uh, you know, making the jump up here, I never would have guessed in 12 months that I would have been out of the bike shop and then, you know, working for a you know, small and growing uh, company at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And now, yeah, you know, aside from COVID, I, I don't generally spend more than two weeks at home at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. Always go in places and uh, get to travel and see new areas because of what I did to make the jump up here and be positioned to get in with surrounding mm-hmm. speed.
1: Five. Yeah, that's a huge jump. It's you know, it's cool because yeah, you're able to see a lot of the world and travel and stuff like that, which you know might not have happened had you stayed back in Texas.
0: Yeah, precisely. Yeah, you never know what to, you know what these opportunities bring, but. You've you've since been able to get into some uh, some new opportunities, uh, landing now um, effectively as a as a buyer for an automotive group, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's my day job. I, you know, I buy I'm a corporate buyer for an automotive group here, so you know, I buy a lot of the auction cars and stuff like that that you know dealers buy as far as like what their inventory is and stuff like that. Which it's kind of it's super cool to see how much of the economy is based on that itself as far as you know nobody can buy cars usually the economy collapses shortly after so it's crazy to see how much of it actually relies on people being able to buy cars which i never thought would be you know even the thing before before yeah. i was in it
0: yeah so you got a big big sector of you know all the all the employees in the industry from manufacturing to uh delivery of sale uh, and that's also big value chunks, you know, the, the banks and mm-hmm. the loans and the uh, moving of you know, of values and stuff exactly. they do in relation to it. So uh it's yeah,
1: a powerful. When you number. think they're you know, they're doing a lot more auto loans on a given bank than they are home loans. Yeah, so it's one of those things and people aren't selling their house every three years, but they are selling their car. So just the amount of volume that banks even deal in is insane to look at when you see like, Oh wow, this is actually this is real when you know how much money is exchanging hands and how many billions of dollars go through that industry any given quarter you know let alone year
0: so did you have a a passion for cars or automotive uh
1: yeah yeah it's always kind of cars and yeah cars and bikes were always kind of the big passion there and it was you know one of those things where all right you're getting a little older it's a little bit more stable than your average bike shop job as far as you know the pay and stuff like that um i mean but the cool thing is it it afforded me enough you know i guess side money or whatever you want to call it or savings to be able to kind of launch you know our clothing brand rad and make sure that one if there's a weird downturn or stuff like that we can afford to you know not go under you know in our first year of kind of kicking things off. So in that regard, you know, I almost appreciate it more because of that fact than you know what it initially did a few years ago.
0: Yeah, and and you mentioned your clothing company, so that's something that was started between you and your brother, um uh, Ride All mm-hmm. Day uh, apparel.
1: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, Ride Apparel Ride All Day. Um it, the cool thing was yeah, me and my brother were able to start it. We kind of both had the same vision for it. And that was probably, you know, I'd say like Two years ago roughly and you know we kind of had the idea for my brother come to me and he's, he says, oh, hey what about rad and they just ride all day and I was like, there's no way that nobody on this planet has <laughs> taken that name or copyrighted or trademarked and and lo and behold no one had and it was just kind of a slap in the face of how simple it was to be like you know there's not a lot of phrases out there that I think encompass the riding lifestyle of mountain biking and all that stuff that, but Hey man, what are you doing? Oh no, I'm just going to ride all day, man. You know, just hanging out. And the, other than just a simple phrase like that. And the fact that no one had taken it or done anything with it was just, it was mind boggling. So we admit, you know, we immediately went out, got all the trademarks and the legal stuff done. So that way we weren't, you know, trying to release something that wasn't, actually ours or something we could be sued for and you know that's worked out really well we're kind of starting I know, was it was may 14th i mean that this so this marks we've been actually in business probably like a year and a half now oh cool.
0: and so the and the concept uh is is the enjoyment of writing uh, of just you know mm-hmm. the you know I hesitate to use just the word lifestyle because I think it gets t- tossed mm-hmm. around a lot. It's like, oh, yeah, it's lifestyle. But, you know, just, you know, smart, um, you know, comfortable fitting, you know, apparel mm-hmm. to to be able to go ride all day, um, you know, for those big mm-hmm. outings, right? You know, the, the, the day trips that we take up into the mountains and that kind of
1: thing here in Colorado. Exactly. It, it, and I think a lot of, like, what I found even when I lived in Boulder was there's a lot of, like, that elitism in cycling that's becoming more and more rampant where, You know, people are selling all these crazy jerseys and, you know, new bib shorts that are $300 and a jersey is, you know, $150. And like when you get down to the nitty gritty, you're like, this does not cost this much to manufacture that. It's just, you know, like rampant price gouging, it seems like. So we kind of had a specific aim to say, hey, this is going to be stuff that's stylish, it fits well, it's performance, and it's not crazy expensive. Because that was one of the things we saw when we started doing it was we were like no this is this does not warrant a two hundred dollar price tag regardless of you know some of the story of the marketing fluff they put behind a lot of that you know a lot of those garments that so strange. that was kind of the aim that we took
0: Get a lot of layers in there and everyone uh, too many hands in the pie uh, to mm-hmm. get it onto that shelf and to get your attention versus what's next to it um, so mm-hmm. what. What do you look for? What, what is the key, like, defining piece for a good riding jersey,
1: riding right, we like to We like to keep it, keep it simple just because, I, again, there's a lot of the time, and I guess we're a little bit more focused towards, you know, the, the mountain crowd as opposed to, like, the full-blown, like, cross-country racing or stuff like that, where it was like, okay, how often do we ride with a jersey with pockets we're actually going to use? you know, versus, all right, we're wearing a backpack or a hip pack or, you know, something like that. Okay, take out the the pockets. They're just, nobody puts anything in them and they're just added material you don't need. And then simple styling is another one where we didn't want to take the route of some of the bigger brands where it's like, all right, add as much fluorescent yellow as you can jam in there with some pink and some blue and, you know, crazy colors and you know, call it a race jersey, like nobody's gonna wear that, or at least not the average person who is either, you know, getting into cycling or someone who's not trying to be as, you know, brash looking on the trail. So at least that's another thing is, you know, just having the simplistic styling, good-looking logos, nothing too crazy, um, and then still having core features that actually work You know stuff like the moisture wicking and you know easy stuff like that. That's you're not overdoing it with 18 acronyms to say how you you know solved this specific problem that happens in this one instance to keep you from sweating a little bit more. Where it's like, okay, did that warrant the extra $80 I paid for the jersey? And in the real world, when I'm still you know sweating my ass off, (laughs) it's 90 degrees out. Like, did I notice a difference that that bought me? Just because we found a lot of the time that, no, you didn't notice a difference. So we'd rather have just core, simple stuff with features that are proven and technology that's proven at a price that, you know, everyone can afford.
0: Cool. Yeah, I mean, the pieces look great. Um, it's radapparelcompany.com. I'll put the link in the, mm-hmm. the post on here for everyone. Uh, I like the neck cut on your uh, on the trail jersey. It's super cool. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, what? uh you know what are the plans? What's What's next for Rad? Is he got the the trail jerseys, some riding tops, and stuff, uh, some off mm-hmm. bike apparel? Um, you know where Where do you see Rad going? What's the, what's the scope?
1: I think we really want to concentrate now on the jersey, and just because the jersey was our first kind of real garment that, like, okay, this is this is ours. We've literally developed this from. The actual fit, the raw material—that's our fit. We own it, so nobody can just come in and just copy and paste our template onto a new jersey and stuff like that. So I think that was one of the things that—that felt the most. You know, this is ours, so we can really start to expand on this with the knowledge we have. So at least for the you know the coming months, we're gonna you know debut a few new cool designs with some. you know, different vibes, stuff like that. Uh, I think eventually we want to do a short. It's just kind of one of those things that we want to, you know, we want to come correct to the market before, we, you know, we debut anything just because that's such a, a niche market where everyone has their specific preference So, oh, I like it to ride a little below the knee versus your friend likes it above the knee or, you know, having the four-way stretch versus the other stuff it's just so nuanced to where I think that's our next kind of big pie in the sky goal. It's just, we want to make sure we, we do it right just because there's a few companies that are about our size out there that have done it and have good product. But honestly, we think we can do it better for the same, if not cheaper.
0: There you go. Cool. Well, that's uh... It's fun to hear. You know what the focus is and where where that's going, and uh, hope to continue to see it come along and see what you guys continue to do. So awesome to to throw it out there and to, to jump into something with some you know creative uh, ideas and feel that you can create a new value. You know that's mm-hmm. uh, that's what it's all about. You know being able to try these opportunities. That's that's one of the coolest things. One of the best opportunities I think people can have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of weird because one of the, you know, we were rocking and rolling. We just debuted, you know, the Trail Chaser jersey, which is that, you know, our first foray into the, into the market of this specific riding gear. And then obviously coronavirus kind of takes hold of the, of the country and world. So, uh, which was scary at first, but one of the things we actually decided to pivot to was we we're like, okay, well, let's make face masks. You know, we have the supplier, we have the material. Let's see if we can help people and still, you know, keep revenue coming into the door. And that was honestly one of the, you know, biggest things that's kind of helped us through this as far as, you know, making sure we stay afloat and, you know, we're able to still, you know, donate money to causes we care about and, you know, keep everything moving.
0: That's super cool. Yeah, yeah, I see that here on the site. Uh, so two layer. Um, so yeah, you got the little logo on the front. Tell uh, tell a little bit about it. What's uh, what's the story? And you said uh, giving money to causes.
1: Yeah, we actually. So we donated twenty percent of the proceeds to um, one of the local rescues uh, out of Denver. There, we're me and my brother are huge dog lovers, and you know they're pretty much family to us. So it was one of those things where it was a no brainer to us. Where you know we wanted to help support some of those you know shelters and rescues where i think they get forgotten about because well they had to close too so nobody can go adopt a dog or a cat or any of that stuff and you know that's huge for a rescue for that has housing you know 30 plus animals that now they have no money coming in from adoption events or you know decreased exposure and marketing to feed these dogs or, you know, get them transported or, you know, vet care and stuff like that. Very cool.
0: Oh, it's super awesome. And it's uh, two straps around the back, just a nice simple uh, fabric uh, mask.
1: Yeah, yeah, we actually, it's cool. We use the same um, polyester blend that we use for the jersey, and then we decided to do the kind of a similar logo as, as we did on the jersey, too. Um, so it's you know it's something where obviously I think people get buried in a lot of the details where like oh it's not an N95 mask or it's not protective and and that wasn't the point of it you know the point was to make something that yes it is you know you'll have some form of protection there in some you know minuscule way as far as with the mask orders and stuff like that going forward in the state but also something that's you know it's kind of cool it's if especially so, 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 if you're a mountain biker and you know you can wear it with the jersey something that matches it's not your typical you know just little like 3m like painter's mask that yeah we thought it'd be something to kind of add to the value of you know what we're doing and if we can help some different charities and causes in the process then so be it
0: there you go well that's super cool yeah and it's uh my mom actually sewed up some masks for us uh, here at the house and she mailed them up you know it, it just covers that that basic need you know it's it's a base level of protection where there's a lot of unknowns exactly. right now. so
1: mm-hmm.
0: there you go well I'll pivot and I, I'm flipping through the pictures I see here uh, I don't know if I see any picture of you riding what uh, what bike are you
1: riding now so I, I'm actually I was on a Santa Cruz high tower up until two days ago um, I'm actually I've got a new revel from Revel Bikes on order that I'll be able to go pick up from those guys in Carbondale at the end of the month. Ooh.
0: No way. That sounds pretty cool, small builder. Uh, what, what made mm-hmm. you go with them?
1: Well, I actually, I came up in the industry with a lot of those guys who kind of helped get Revel off the ground way back in the day in like, man, what was this, 2012? Around there, At uh, we all worked at Colorado Cyclists together, and you know, a lot of their logistics and sales guys, you know, Greg Herman and Andy Miller, they, uh, you know, I came up in the industry with those guys. They, they had taught me everything I know about how to build a bike way back when. Um, and those guys eventually, you know, spun off and started Borealis with, uh, Adam Miller. Uh, here in the Springs, and you know when Adam had kind of sold his stake and moved on from Borealis, they moved up. They they moved up to Utah first, and then back to Carbondale when they started Y Cycles and Revel. And it was, it was one of those things like, no, you guys are killing it. You know, we're always good friends. We always kept in touch, and like, no, of course. I you know I talked to him last year when we were at the Vale uh, Outlier Festival. I was like, hey, what you know? What's give yeah, I want one of your bikes. Boom. What, what do I need to do to get on one of these things? So it actually, yeah, it was just a matter of, you know, I know a lot of those guys from way back when, you know, working the sales floor at Colorado Cyclist that kind of helped start Revel.
0: There you go. That's pretty cool. What, uh, what bike, uh, what model did you go with?
1: I went with the Rascal. I'm, I'm definitely a, a 29er guy through and through. So just something that's, smooth fast i don't need anything you know 170 mils of travel to break my neck on on the mountains <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome well there's nothing like new bike day i've uh, i have been long in the tooth on my mountain bike and i think it's part of what keeps me from really wanting to go ride more is i, I <laughs> just you know have that thorough desire to get a new mountain bike um get something different i've had a truck stash for five years now or so um Mm -hmm. it's been fun it's a surprisingly capable bike but then you still end up working it's you know yeah i I, have lost the love affair with the plus size tire at at this point
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's and it's crazy how efficient full suspension mountain bikes have become even in the last like four years the stuff they're able to do with these you know getting pivots in different locations and different linkage setups and stuff to where they climb like a hardtail it seems like and you know and descend like a downhill bike so it's almost like you can do no wrong with any bike company at this point
0: it is incredible how how the technology continues to push forward model after model and the the ride quality does continue to improve I remember uh, we were both at BCS when the yeti uh, the modern Sb5 uh, oh yeah yep. all launched the SBs, yeah. In that, uh, that floating lower pivot on those stanchions um, mm-hmm. just these ideas that continue to to push where the status quo is uh and I I love seeing that that's that's one thing I love about bikes is all the engineering everything is exposed um and yet people can still continue to tinker with it and find ways to improve it you know um it's it's something fun it's something approachable at least uh, at least always for me
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's insane Uh, there's so many and way even like revel and you know some of these smaller bike companies that can still come out of nowhere in the already you know somewhat saturated market and still, hey if you've got an original idea and you know a different design, you could still come out and kill it with something that nobody's ever ridden before. Well,
0: I look forward to uh, to seeing the fix and uh, hearing how that thing rides when you get it. Uh, it's always Mm -hmm. cool to see different companies Uh, i'm happy to be on a mosaic on the road front Uh, i think it's cool to be able to know the people welding and finishing and making the bikes and uh, Mm -hmm. it would be stellar to do something like that on the mountain front
1: yeah Yeah, there that's gonna be fun we'll show i'm sure we'll do a whole youtube video on it with some decent b-roll and all of that to show it off (laughs) (laughs)
0: there we go well uh yeah yeah i look forward to seeing that um, well, let's uh, let's close this thing up. What uh, as as a more Colorado native type, uh, you know, you got your home down there in the Springs. Uh, what's your favorite uh, favorite place in the state to ride? What's your go-to trail?
1: Ooh, man, I think I'm gonna have to go with Fruta on this one. Still, uh, I, there's some there's some spots in Colorado Springs that are still. They're right there. They are awesome trails, but yeah, there's nothing like going to Fruta and going down like zippity doodah and just the feeling of being on an actual roller coaster, you know, going so fast and flowy on some of those sections to where I, I think Fruta's got it edged out a little bit. All right, so Western Slope it is. Still worth the drive. <laughs> Not Moab. Western, yeah. Moab dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need to get over there and spend some more time. It's something that I haven't done enough. I haven't taken advantage of Colorado enough. So um, maybe maybe now with all of this Corona nonsense and business, uh, find the time to go since we're asking people not to come visit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I say, even if you, you know, come down here, we'll show you some of the best trails in the Springs and you know, show you what some of the, I guess, Southern Front Range mountain biking is about
0: there you go well i'll have to take you up on it sometime and uh come explore some more trails but brian i appreciate uh appreciate taking some time hanging out uh it's great to catch up it's always fun to reach back out and you're the epitome of what i've seen you is all about uh we've stayed social media acquaintances and friends uh over these years and it's great to hear how things are going see uh see the rad apparel company come come to life and uh yeah, hopefully we get to ride sometime buddy
1: yeah you as well man say cheers with all the stuff you've done with ceramic speed and hopefully it just continues from here
0: I appreciate it yeah we'll keep looking forward and we'll uh, be out of all this mess sooner or later so that's yeah. that's it for this week's I've seen you and we'll be back with more uh, more guests in the future